from The Advocate magazine in partnership with GLAAD. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and today's episode is a snapshot of what trans life looked like in the 1960s and 70s in Chicago. Or rather, at least what one trans life looked like, right? The trans experience can be drastically different based on where you live, when you live, what kind of family support you have. And in Gloria Allen's case, her family, her mother, they were always there for her. It's unfortunate that that even stands out, but it does, especially for the time, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And as you'll hear, it changed her entire life. Gloria Allen has gone on to become a fixture in the Chicago trans community. For years, she was known for her charm school where she worked with and mentored queer and trans kids, many of whom lived on the street. And Gloria's story was recently turned into a fantastic documentary called Mama Gloria that's available and streaming right now on PBS. So without further ado, this is the Chicago legend, the 76-year-old Mama Gloria Allen. So I want to talk about the charm school, of course, but before we get to that, you know, at the charm school, you were this mentor figure for these queer and trans kids, but in your own life, you know, coming up, who was that mentor figure or figures for you? For me, it was my mother. My mother was always there for me, and if I had something to do, I would consider talking to her about it. And she would give me her opinion, and I would take it from there. And growing up, it sounds like your your grandmother made costumes for showgirls and, and drag queens. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Why is that funny? Uh, yeah, it, it was because I think about her sometimes, and I just laugh at things she would help me to do or say. I'm just so lucky to have had people like that in my life. What kind of things did she help you do or say, as you said? She would help me with everything. Clothing, oh, what to put on, what not to wear. You know, she was very supportive of me. And my mother was another one who was supported and stood by me through thick and thin. And so these two particular women, I was just blessed to have. With your grandma making costumes for drag queens, like in that way, did you grow up being surrounded by queerness? Well, I was always queer in the first place. But having these people around me, I was just so uh, how would I put it? I was just so overcome by them. They were supportive and helpful toward me and helped me. They would watch me, you know, and if I was doing something wrong, walking a wrong way or talking to somebody, they would tell me, no, don't do that. You know, be careful. And when you say be careful... Did these people, like, sit you down and ever, like, explain how much, like, violence trans women experience? No, they didn't. I came up in a rough area, 
and uh, I got chance to put myself out there, but I knew right from wrong, and I had people who would help me. They just told me to be careful, surround myself with wonderful people, and if I had any problems, you know, I could talk to them about it, and then they would tell me, no, don't do that. Be careful of that person. I really got through it. I'm 76 now. I'm just having a great time with my life. It's pretty remarkable to have that kind of access to people like within your own home. Yeah. And, and so when you were starting to, you know, explore your womanhood, was that the 60s or like 70s? When was that exactly? That was the uh, 60s, the beginning of 60s. And um, I had so many friends, you know, and some of them were bad. Some of them were really good. I would come home and tell my mother about it. And she would tell me, well, you just be careful. Be careful about the people that you associate yourself with. And I did. I did. And so the early 60s, what was like the terminology you were using to describe yourself? Because like words like trans and transgender are relatively new in usage. Yes, it is new. For me, coming up during that time back then, we were called sissies. It didn't bother me none, you know. And then when they came up with the new term, transgender, I didn't know what that was. I asked some of my friends, and they were out there, and they said, oh, that's the new term that they call us. And I said, well, I really don't like it because it sounds like something from a a tree limb or something. So <laughs> I dealt with it. And so sissies was kind of just, it was a broad term. Like when I mentioned like showgirls and drag queens, like we would have called them sissies back then, right? Yes. In the uh, 50s, I, I was out there, but I didn't recognize it. You know, I would meet people and they would say different terminologies about this and about that. And uh, it was new to me, but I dealt with it. And I know that for a while, when you were young, you were dressing and presenting very feminine on the weekends only. You know, when did you realize that, like, okay, this is not just like a weekend only thing, that this is like who you are? Yeah, I was dressing, putting on my mother's clothes. She didn't know who was doing it. And then I got into the point that, okay, I like this. I like doing this. I kept on doing it until I got into the the root of it and I stayed in it. I always would be out there, but I would be with the older people. It was fun because I, I learned a lot from them. Back then, the trans girls were more committed to each other, helping them out, showing them the things that they need to know. I picked up from that, and I learned a lot from the older generation, how to dress, how to socialize with them, 
and it helped me to get through the hard time that I didn't know existed, but it did. You know, it was a, a fun thing for me. They watched over me because I always kept myself around them. You are now 76. For these older trans women you're talking about, were any of them in their 70s like you are now? I don't know. You know, I know I know a lot of girls were 40, 50, and 60, but I don't know about my age. I don't know anybody my age. I think you made a comment a couple minutes ago about how trans women like stuck together more back then. Do you think they don't stick together now? No, they don't. A lot of the trans girls, older trans girls that are up in my age, they they disappear. I don't understand that, you know. A lot of them are, are dead, yes. A lot of them are still around, but they don't be out there like they used to be. And I'm that way too. I don't go to nightclubs. I don't I don't do that anymore. For a, a period of time you worked as a nurse? Yeah. I became a nurse in sixty eight or sixty nine. I always like to help people and know about them and to put myself into that. And I would love to help people because that's what I'm supposed to do. Had you left nursing by the time like the AIDS crisis started in Chicago? I was a part of it. Yes, I was in that. I had a little group that they were social workers and secretaries and everything. A lot of them were trans people, but they didn't recognize that they say to themselves. And they kept up with me and a lot of those people that were out there for me, they're gone now. It's sort of scary, but I learned how to cope with it. What is scary for you? The people that left me, they're gone, and I didn't know where they were. And when I did find out about them, they were dead and gone, you know. Who do you have from, like, the, like, 60s and 70s who's still around, like, in your life? No. All my friends, they're gone, you know, because I I didn't come up north until the— Seventies, and when I would come up, I would stay up in the area, Boys Town, for a little while. Then I go back south. I lived on the south side of Chicago, but I would come north. It was fun. You mentioned Boys Town. How open and accepting was that, like neighborhood for trans people? For trans people, black trans people. It was horrible. They didn't like us. And we would come up on the weekends from Friday night to Sunday night and go back to the south side. But a lot of things, they wouldn't let us into the clubs. 
the blacks that were up here, they were different to us. You know, they didn't communicate with us or try. This went on for about a couple of years, and then finally I got into it, met friends up here. We became friendly and would have a great time. And so, like, eventually you opened your charm school. You know, I'm from the South, and when we say charm school, we think, like, manners only, like, you know, small forks and big forks. But you were talking about more than just manners. It was bigger than that. Can you explain to everybody what you taught there? Okay. Well, charm school, for me, I've always read about charm and listened to what you're supposed to do and the things that you don't do. And uh, charm school became a realm for me to get into. And I learned a lot from cooking, cleaning. I don't know. I was uh, just um, a charming person. When I talk about charm school today, the young people think, oh, you put on this and you put on that. You have to have manners. And when you push yourself into that realm of having good manners, that was charming. Have manners always been important to you? Yeah, manners are important to me. You know, you have to know how to talk to a person, listen to them, and to have fun with them. And also... As a part of this term school, you were a resource for young trans kids to talk about like healthcare and like how to like come out to your boss as trans and things like that, right? And uh, that was a hard thing to do, but I got through it. I was always speak out, tell the truth, you know, what about this or what about that? What were some of the biggest you know, questions or issues that the kids had? A lot of people weren't open. They were afraid to say what they were and what they were doing. And I was the one who would open up and talk about it. Let's talk about it. This is the way I think it should be. And uh, if you don't like it, You don't like it. And that was the thing with me. They were always questioning me about charm. For me, I learned it from home, you know, being charming, delightful. I picked that up at home. And I said, well, since you want to be this way, get out there and Meet people, greet people, have fun with them, and talk with them. And some of them listened, and some of them didn't. I had a good time. And how did they find you, or how did you find them? Well, I would come up north during the time that we were coming up here. I always personality, you know, personality plus. <laughs> I, I can see that, Gloria. <laughs> <laughs> you had to have that esteem about yourself, you know, I'm graceful, I'm beautiful, you know, 
And I carried that with me all through my life. But I was just out there for them. And working with so many young folks, you know, the queer and trans experience has changed and continues to change. Were there things that they were teaching you about gender also that you were learning from them? Yes, they did teach me a lot, you know, because I I didn't want to be on that old basis thing about trans, you know, trans for me, was something new and different. I learned from it. I had a great time with it. I'm like that today. I want to still be out there as long as I can. You know, they might control me some things. I can learn from them, and they can learn from me. And we, we combine together and just have a great time. And and when was the first time that somebody called you Mama Gloria? Where did that nickname come from? Oh, that came from charm school. At first, I didn't like it, you know. <laughs> and then I said to myself, you are their mother. And I said, well, okay, I'm their mother. And I want them to listen to me. And they did. They did. What did you not like about it? I just didn't like being called nobody's mom. I ain't got no babies. <laughs> and that's the way I would think. And then I thought about it. I said, you know what? <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with being called Mama Gloria because I am their mother. You know, I am their mother. They pick up a lot of things from me. I'm I'm glad you came around to liking it. I think it's a huge honor. Yeah. You know, now you're living in a building with all LGBTQ seniors, I believe. Is that right? Yes. What is the community like there? Well, you know, becoming retired, you, you know, you look for places. I've been in a nursing home before I came here. And... The nursing home, it wasn't what I thought it would be. It was not friendly. People were nosy, wanted to know how and why are you here. And uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that question at all. I'm here just like you here. You know, I have to live my life, you choose the way you want to live, and I'll choose the way I want to live. So they looked up to me because I would really come out and talk about it. You know, I wasn't the one that kept quiet. Were these about, like, issues in general, or did it have to do with, like, your transness? I guess because of me general. I've always been a trans person. My mother and father, first they said, you will change. And I said to myself, no, I'm not going to change. I don't expect to change. My family finally took a liking to me and told me don't ever change. And I've been that way ever since, ever since I can remember. It's amazing to have that message come from your family members, like especially in like the early 60s, like when we knew so 
so much like less some so much less about being trans. Yeah. How much do you think that that has to do with your like grandma's profession and your family being around queerness and just like gender nonconformity in general? I don't know. I don't know. My family. It was always strange to me because my mother knew a lot of trans people. They were friendly toward her. She always greeted everybody, and she never had a problem with them. So I, I think I picked it up from my mother being that way. Do you think that any of her friends like took her aside one day and was like, hey, like your kid is special? She's a woman. Like, treat her like and be be kind to her. Like, 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 gave her a hint. They would. They would always tell her, "Oh, that uh, child of yours, George, was my name that I got at birth." And I never did like that name, but I had to use it. They would always tell, "Well, George is so gracious and so." wonderful and uh, you should realize that and my mother said she knew and she knew the hard times that were out there for me but she told me if you have any problem you can come to me and I did and I learned so much from that that's an amazing thing to have said yeah I also think that that's a beautiful place to end this on. So thank you so much for taking the time today. Okay. Well, it was my pleasure. And that was Gloria Allen. The documentary about her life called Mama Gloria is streaming on PBS if you want to check that out. And we've also got a direct link to it in our show notes here. Now, as always, if you enjoyed the interview, please leave a comment on Apple Podcasts and help us spread the word with a tweet, a Facebook post, an Insta story. Doing things like that is the number one way you can help our show continue to grow. So if you've done that, thank you so much. And if you haven't, hey, it is the perfect time to start. We're brought to you by The Advocate Magazine in partnership with GLAAD. I'm Jeffrey Masters on Twitter and Instagram at JeffMasters1. I'll see you next week. Bye.